0: Kia hiwara, kia hiwara, kia hiwara ki nei tuku, kia hiwara ki te rā tuku, kia tū, kia oho, kia matāra, ti hei wā, mauri, ora. mauri ora ki te rangi, mauri ora ki te whenua, mauri ora ki a koutou katoa. Ko te atua, te kaihanga o te rangi me te whenua, ko i enei te timatanga, ko i ano te whakamutunga. Just a bit of a mihi to acknowledge first and foremost our God, the creator of all the heavens and all the earth, the beginning and the ends. We honour His name at all times, all of us. Glory to God. Glory to God. I've been so blessed already this morning. I feel filled up. This is an amazing house to be in uh, on a Sunday morning. And uh, you are an amazing family to be a part of. And I just want to honor uh, Paul and Ruth. Um, yeah, we did. We, um, we, we were celebrating Reese's 30th birthday last night. And so some, some, of us, some of us have had less sleep than others. But praise God, though the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing. <laughs> and praise God that it's not, a, it's not me that's delivering this word to you this morning, but this is the word of God. Amen. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would minister through me this morning, Father. Lord, I thank you that you are here in the room. We welcome you. We acknowledge your presence, Lord. And Father, I pray that right now, even right now, you are working in the hearts of every single person under the sound of my voice, and that, and that you are... Are preparing some good soil for, for incorruptible seed to be sown this morning. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Oh, I Am Series. This is my third time preaching on the I Am Series, and I'm, I'm super stoked to, um, to have been able to have the honor to share so much on this. Thank you, Paul and Ruth, for allowing me the platform to, to preach in this house. It's a great honor to preach the Word of God. I just want to share with you a little bit of a story. Which I think is a bit relevant to both what um, what Dave was sharing at prayer time this morning and what Pastor Paul was just sharing after worship just now i 'm going to tell you a little story about when i was I was little. I used to be little, believe it or not. when I was little my my dad informed me that I have ancestry that goes back to the Cree clan of the Native Americans. So I have some Native American heritage of the Cree clan. If you don't know who the Cree clan are, you know, you imagine those, you know, those fantastical stories and, and the glorified stories of, of the Native Americans where you have those brave warriors and they're strong and they're proud and they're, they're handsome and they're courageous. Well, the Cree clan are the ones just north of those guys. And, um, <laughs> They, had, they, were, they were actually known for having big humps on their backs. And, and the bigger the hump you had on the back, the more eligible a bachelor you were. Because the thing is with this hump, it was because the Cree clan were traders and they used to carry their, their waka, their canoe, on their back. Um, and, and the more they carried their waka around, the more that meant that they traded, the more that meant they, they could provide for their family. Therefore, the hump on the back, you know, I wouldn't be able to get a girl back in the Cree clan at the moment. You know, I've got lovely broad shoulders and no hump on my back. Shame, eh? Praise God, I found my wife here in Aotearoa. I actually found her in Australia, but brought her back here. Anyway, that wasn't the story. The story was... (laughs) I found out I had Native American in me, and my dad didn't explain all this stuff about the humps on the backs and the creek clans not being the cool ones, you know? But, so I had this idea of this heritage of being a Native American brave, you know, this warrior. And what do, what do Native American braves have? They have bows and arrows, so I was obsessed with bows and arrows, and I was obsessed with tomahawks. Tomahawks were like the coolest thing. We all know what a tomahawk is. Tomahawk is like a little hatchet. It's like an axe that they used as warriors to use them in warfare. I wanted nothing more in this world than my own tomahawk. I had these visions of me grabbing this tomahawk and I would, I would learn how to throw it real good and I'd learn how to, you know, do all this warfare with it and all that, you know, young kid, you know, young, young kid of 24. And um, anyway, well, no, I wasn't, I was about 10, or 11. My dad bought me this little hatchet and it was this little red-handled kindling axe, you know? But this, to me, was a, it was a tomahawk. I was so excited by this. I had gotten this gift. And I had my ideas about what this gift was. This was a mighty weapon. And with it, I would become a mighty warrior. And I needed to train. So I took my tomahawk. My dad said to me, now you be careful with this. This, this is a tool. And in the wrong hands, it does damage. In the right hands, you can cut kindling, you can keep your family warm, you can use it as a tool. In the wrong hands, destruction. I missed that memo. (laughs) And all I had in my head was, I'm just going to go down the back, I'm going to practice my my tomahawk skills. So we, we were in a lifestyle section, I went right down the, actually I started with the woodshed, right? And to this day, this woodshed at my parents' house the doorway, this woodshed that my dad lovingly built, the wooden door frame as you walk into it has all of these gouges like hacked out of it at about 10 year old arm height from about here to about here, gouges out of the wood. I'm just practicing my, my weaponry skills with this tomahawk and then I took it down the back because I thought down the back there's, there's more targets down there. We had these huge gum trees and I'd practice Throwing this tomahawk and throwing this tomahawk until I could get it to stick in the in the trees, and then I'd grab this tomahawk and I found this I found this gum tree about this wide, and I and I started, heck, I'm gonna cut this gum tree down with my tomahawk. <laughs> Who knows how hard it is to cut a gum tree down <laughs> with, with a tomahawk? <laughs> about two hours in. <sighs> <laughs> And I've got blisters all over my hand. And I've, I've completely gone right around all the nice soft bark and the, the first layer of, of wood. And I got to the core of this tree and it's just too strong. So this, this tree still stands, right? And anyway, I go back up, feeling a little defeated with my tomahawk. And I go back up and I chuck it in the woodshed. A few days later, my dad goes walking down the back to move the cows around. And he finds this tree. He finds this tree. With all the bark ripped off, it's been ring bark. It's just, it's, it's a goner. If you know anything about trees, once you strip all the bark around the outside of a tree, it's, it's a goner. You know, like it's, and, and, and tear up all the, all the timber around it. And, and my dad came to me and he said, son, come with me. And we walked down the back and he said, was this your tomahawk? And I said, yeah. And he goes, did you feel pretty cool? Did you feel pretty powerful? He said, son, what you've done here is you've destroyed this tree. Now, I told you, this axe is a gift. This axe can be used for great things. But you've gone ahead of yourself a bit here. And you've tried to take this gift in your own hands. And you've got this picture of what it's meant to be. And without any guidance from your father, you've gone down and taken your destiny into your own hands. You kind of see where I'm going here. And taken to this tree with this idea of glory. And what has resulted is a very sore hand, a very disappointed young boy, and a dead tree. The story will make sense as I go through the Scriptures, and I'm gonna start with John 14, one to six. And I'm a, I, I normally, those who know, uh, know me and, and know my preaching, know that I, I will normally preach from the New King James Version of the Bible, but um, I quite like this particular Scripture in the Passion Translation. Uh, so, Atawa, if you could just bring up John 14, one to six, and I'll read it to you straight from the Passion Translation. It says, don't worry, Or surrender your fear. For you've believed in God, now trust and believe in me also. My Father's house has many dwelling places. This is Jesus talking. If it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly, because I go to prepare a place for you to rest. And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you to myself, so that you will be where I am. And you already know the way to the place where I'm going? Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you're going. <laughs> so how could we know the way there? Fair question. Jesus just said to them, You know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas goes, Well, do I? I don't. You haven't even told us where you're going, so how can I know the way there? But Jesus explained, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me to know me, is to know my father too. Thomas was looking for a map. Jesus was telling him, you know the person. Thomas was looking for a recipe. Jesus said, you know the cook. Thomas was looking for a GPS. And Jesus said, you've got an iPhone. No. No. But what he's saying is, you know me. I am the way. It's not a set of directions. Once I go, you're not going to have to follow a bunch of directions I gave you. You just need to know me. The way. You see, the way of flesh, the way of Adam, is inevitably disobedience to God. The way of the old man will never ever measure up to the standard of the law. It's resistance to God's authority. It is self-determination. It is our own desire to understand what is right and what is wrong. This is the way of the old man. The way of the old man is to receive something from the Father... And then decide for himself how he ought to work that gift. Decide for himself that I'm going to take this tomahawk and I'm going to take down this tree. That is the way of the old man. The way of Christ is abiding in him. The way of Christ is the way of the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. The way of Christ is to receive the gift and then say, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Show me how. I'll walk with you as you walk with me, and we'll figure this out together. Amen. In Proverbs 16.9, it says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I know this so well. You see, in my journey, it's always been about control. I am, was a control freak. <laughs> I like to have all my ducks in a row. I like to know what's going on. I like to have my hand on, on everything, right? And and when I came into the Lord and and. And received Him as my Lord and Savior. That attitude in me didn't change immediately. And God has been doing a work in me every day since then. The first thing was my finances. <laughs> the first thing was my finances. Who, who, who recognizes that finances are a hard thing to trust the Lord with? Yeah? Yeah? If you're anything like me, and you're a budgeter, and you're a, you're a count every penny, and you're a, we can't make that work, we can't make that work, I will make this work, and I know where I'm going to get that from, and I know where I'm going to get this from. My wife's favorite words from me are, I'll make it work. <laughs> I'll just take some from here and some from there, and I'll manage my finances. But the Lord dealt with me in that, because I wasn't doing a very good job of it. I said to him, Lord, I need some financial wisdom. Guess what? When you ask for something, he gives it to you. So the Lord dropped some financial wisdom on me. And now, now I'm learning to do it His way. Amen? I'm learning to do it His way. And I could give you testimony after testimony after testimony that have led to basically my wife and I now owning our own house through the grace of the Lord. Not through anything that, we, not through we 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 were still looking down the barrel of ten years at least before we could even afford a deposit. But praise God, He makes a way because He is the way. Amen. <laughs> the way of the flesh is to take that gift and do it yourself. God um God's graced me with a gift for the saxophone and uh, and. I, w- I was the worst in my class, I tell everybody, until everybody else quit, and then I was the best. <laughs> well, praise God, I just loved it that much, I did it the most, and then I got better at it. Um, but but I, I recognized that I had this gift for, for music, and, and I took it, and I, made, I tried to make something of it in the world. And praise God, through that, I, I joined a band, and I toured around the country, and we achieved a number of things, and, um, and lived the dream, as far as a lot of people are concerned, and met my wife and, as well, yeah. <laughs> hallelujah, praise God, so God was in it, clearly, and, uh, but I'll tell you, I've, I've, played, I've played that instrument in front of a crowd of 20,000 people, and I've played my own music. And I've had people sing my own music back at me so loud that my ears were hurting. But the fulfillment and the buzz that I get from doing what I did this morning with my wife for the body of Christ (laughs) is the most incredible feeling. And it is the most fulfilling feeling. And that is what completes me. And for years, I chased that completion through my own steam, and now... I'm doing it his way, praise God, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Also, just quickly, akoya um, Matua Francis. Something that uh, Paul hasn't told you about Francis is Francis is apparently the very reason why we are blessed with the voice of my darling wife, because back when she was a little girl, she was inspired to sing under the sound of Matua Francis's waiata. So, it's a little aside. I just wanted to acknowledge that. The way. Jesus said, come follow me, not this is what I'm offering. Now carefully weigh and consider all your options and let me know your decision. (laughs) That's what I wanted to do, you know. The day, the day that I gave my heart to the Lord, I told my wife, look, stop praying for me. Look, I've thought it all through, you see. This is not me. Christianity is not for me. You know, I don't need it. I don't need it. You need it, that's great. Um, it's great for you. It's great for your family. I see the good it does for you guys. All power to you, all strength to you. I'll support it. I'll come along. I'll sit out chairs. I'll even do the sound. I'll come to your home groups, uh, and I'll do that for you because I love you, my darling. I'd do that for you, but uh, I'm not going to be a Christian because I've got to stay true to my values and my beliefs, and, and I've thought it all through, logically, but Jesus didn't say, here is what I'm offering you, weigh up all the options, consider it carefully, go talk to your mum and dad, uh, have a chat to matua down the road, um, do a bit of Googling, and then at the end of that, give me a summary of your calculations, and, uh, and, and we'll figure out whether or not this thing's for you. And on March the 1st, 2015, he just said, come follow me, Reuben. And, and I'd, it wasn't this that made the decision. This was going, what are you doing? As they stood up and walked to the front. This was going, hey, what's going on in here? And this was going, I don't know, there's this thing inside me, I think it's called a spirit, and it's responding to something, and I'm being dragged up the front here. I tell you what, that morning, it wasn't anything to do with my reasoning. I didn't spreadsheet this stuff. I would if I could. I love, I love spreadsheets. But I tell you what, when He calls you into the way, He calls you to come follow him. Amen. And I'm telling you right now, if he's been calling you, if he's been knocking on the door of your heart, just get up and follow him. Amen. Because the longer you resist it, the longer you fight this, the longer you battle with this, the longer you battle with with your soul, the longer you battle with your head, the longer it's going to take for you to walk into blessing. The longer it's going to take for you to walk into the way and stop walking in your way. Amen. Amen. Mm. That was only two lines in my notes for the way. Praise God. The truth. The truth. That's another testimony in itself, is how the Lord deals with me when preparing for my messages. I like to have all my ducks in a row. I like to prepare everything. I like to have bullet points. I know exactly where I'm going. I structure my paragraphs. I have my three points. I have my, my supporting evidence. I have my conclusion, my closing statement. Joke one, joke two, joke three. Guess what? I tried to do that in preparing sermons and the Lord shut the door on me. That's too much of you. Here's a scripture. Now go. If you write anything down, else down, it's just going to be you talking, mate. It's not going to be me. Amen? The truth. Move on, Reuben. Truth is a matter of perspective for us. Truth is a matter of perspective. Our truth is filtered through our life experience, our understanding, what, where we are standing. See, you and I could stand looking at a maunga. We could go, there's a maunga down the road. It's my wife's maunga. It's called Pauirua. The reason it's called Pauirua, Pau means like a pole. You see the poles holding up the fari. And the maunga around Napui are te or Napo or te fari or Napui. They are the poles that hold up the roof of Napui in this area. And this particular maunga, which is in Oromahui, is called Pauirua because it has two peaks. So I know this has had two peaks because I've walked over that maunga. And from certain angles, you can see the two peaks. Guess what? From certain angles you only see one. If you're standing on one side of this manga, you would say that's poa uh, kotahi. That is just one po on that manga. And from where you're standing with your feet firmly planted, and I'm over here yelling at you, No, there's two, bro. Nah, there's one. This is the truth. That's what I see. I'm over here going, nah, there's two. This is why Jesus tells us he is the truth. Because no matter where you or I sit, we're going to have different opinions doctrinally. We're going to have different opinions about what we should be doing, what the church should be doing, what one another should be doing, what what everybody else should be doing, what I should be doing, what I feel called to do. But if we would just abide in him, he would reveal it. He would reveal His truth, and this is why next month we're talking God speaks, because guess what? He does. On the daily, God is speaking, and He speaks in various ways to all of us. He speaks to all of us differently, and what do we need to learn to do? He's not got a problem speaking, but sometimes we have a problem listening. Amen? So I'm super excited about this next month as we delve into this, because we're going to talk about the ways we can listen to God. Amen? And there's so much wisdom coming to the pulpit over that month. It's just going to be incredible. So be here. Be here. In 1 John 5, 20, 21, I wrote the scripture down. Let's see what it is. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen. What's that little bit at the end, keep yourself from idols? Just talking about how Jesus is true. He is the truth. In Him is the truth. We are in Him. Let's keep ourselves from idols. Let's keep ourselves from elevating anything above Him. Amen. That includes this. That includes this. That also includes tenako, which is deceitful above all the other things, according to the word. Your heart. Sometimes we can chase our feelings and idolize our feelings above the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so there's something for us to learn here and there's something for us to discern about how we hear from God and also how we test those things. But I'm going to start preaching on on next month's theme soon, so I should probably move on and leave that for for others. (laughs) So he is the truth, not our truth, his truth. Amen. It's absolute. He's got all perspective. He's got all perspective. Not one of us has more perspective than him. Really important to remember that, amen. The life, he is the source of eternal life. From him we live, through him we live, and for him we live, amen. Paul was talking this morning about the difference between the old uh, Adamic person, that Adamic man, Adam. He was created from dust. Christ was not. He came directly from heaven, amen. And what happened when he went to that cross? He took that dusty man and he took him to the grave. Amen. And what happened? What happened three days later? He rose up again. Who rose up with him? Us. We are new creatures in him. Amen. He is the life. He is the source of eternal life. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. I have been crucified with Christ. He wasn't there on that cross physically. Paul wasn't. But he's saying that that act of what Christ did, he took me to the grave. I was crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in Me and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. In the King James Version, I know Paul's head's going right now, in the King James Version it doesn't say faith in the Son of God. It says faith of the Son of God. It's his faith. Not any amount of faith that you and I can muster up, it is his faith that we live by. Ours is unreliable. I tell you that much for free. Who knows that they have walked a journey where they've just got to go, I've just got to muster up the faith. I've just got to get a bit better. I've just got to believe a bit more. And who knows that that's hard? Who knows that that fails each and every time? It's his faith you and I need. His faith, not yours. You can't do it. Come on. In the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me and for you and for you and for you and for all of you. He gave Himself for you. If you're sitting here thinking, I'm not worthy of that, He didn't care about how worthy you are. He went and did it anyway. He knew what you were going to do. He knew what you were going to go through. He knew what you were going to struggle with. He knew what sort of life you were going to walk into. He knew the cards you would be dealt. And He still went to the cross for you. Why? So that you could have freedom, freedom from that old man, freedom from that dust-bound body, freedom into new life, born of the incorruptible seed of God. Amen. Come on. 2 Corinthians 5.15, and he died for me and Paul. 2 Corinthians 5. Are you guys reading your Bibles? Are going to check up on me? And he died... For me and Paul, because we're spiritual. No. 2 Corinthians 5.15. And he died for all. Na yeah. tangata All. He died for all. That those who live should live no longer for taking their tomahawk to that tree, no longer for carving up the woodshed, no longer for taking the gifts that the Lord has given us and doing it by our own strength but that we should live for the one who died for us and then rose again. We're not living for ourselves. Amen. I'm going to preach myself saved. (laughs) And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Could I ask my wife to just... Come up and minister on the guitar for a little bit. Oh, thank you. Some of us have just still been living for ourselves, I mean. And sometimes we convince ourselves that we're living for him and that we're doing our best to live for him. And I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best, Pastor Reuben. I'm doing my best. To live for Him. But you've missed the point. Your best isn't good enough, sorry. Your best isn't good enough. The very best that I could do is not good enough. We need to realize that it has very little to do with our own way, our own truth in our own life. He said to Thomas, Thomas was going, yeah, but Lord, how am I going to get to where you're going? Give me directions, Lord. I'm prepared. I've been training. I've been walking with you for some time. I believe I'm spiritual enough. Just tell me how to do it. And Jesus said to him, you're missing the point, Thomas. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I don't know your story, what brought you in here this morning. I don't know what you're struggling with, and I have never dealt with the life that you've been dealt with. I don't presume to tell you that I could do what you're doing any better. I don't presume to tell you that I could give you advice that will get you out of your rut or out of your hole. What I presume to tell you is what the Lord has told me. He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. You're sitting here, you're thinking, what sort of life am I living? If you're even questioning how bad your life is at the moment, you need the life. If you're confused about what the truth of the matter is, you're living from your head. You need to let that go. Take it from me, and you need to seek the truth. And if you're concerned with where your feet are going, and if you're concerned with the path that you're taking, and you need some, you need some directions. There's no roadmap for you. There's no course that you can do. There's no, there's no counsel that's going to get you all the way there. There's only one way: Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, and He'll take you all the way. Amen. He'll take you all the way. My prayer for you this morning is that this morning will be the morning that you decide. I know I'm speaking to someone. This morning, now's the time. You've been trying to figure it out. You might have even written a spreadsheet. And bro, can I look at that later? Because... I like spreadsheets, but your spreadsheet's not gonna get you there. You might have written a list of pros and cons. Well, if I follow the Lord, I'll have lots of happy people around me. If I don't, I can carry on doing what I've been doing. You're eating from that tree of right and wrong again. You're going right back to the garden where Eve plucked that fruit and gave it to Adam. Because the enemy said to him, you can be like God and you can know the difference between good and evil. Jesus said, I, that's not for you. That's not what it's about. Christianity is not about being a good boy and going to heaven. Christianity is about living a new life in Christ. And how do we do that? How do we do that? We don't. He did it. He did it. Okay, Reuben, well, how do I, where's the directions, Reuben? He's the way. Okay, get to the point, Reuben. All you need to do is accept what he's done. Believe in your heart, it says in the word. Confess with your mouth, it says in the word, that he is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved.